This is the sound of the staff here at Focus on the Family Canada every weekday morning at 9 a.m. Petitioning God for those with crisis in their marriage, for those who want to become better parents, and those who are lifting up loved ones to the hope that one day they will know the salvation that Christ has to offer. We'd love to hear from you too. Call us today with your prayer requests at 1-800-A-FAMILY or email us at prayer at FOTF.ca. Sometimes when I get angry and I'm cut off in traffic, I'll pound on the roof of my car, and I've actually created little dents in the top of my car. I grit my teeth. I do. I grit my teeth. I slammed the door so hard and broke the window. On the golf course, I'll smack a golf club on the grass. Whack! Sometimes I've been known to throw the remote control (laughs) at my husband. (laughs) How do you respond when you get angry, and is that response effective? This is Focus on the Family with your host, Focus President Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, today we're going to talk about anger. It's probably one of the most confusing things for Christians to figure out, I think. Because you see the fruit of the Spirit, boy, it's self-evident, you know, it's love, joy, peace. But God got angry, too, and you're going, okay, where does anger fit into God's character, and what is it in us that is either healthy or unhealthy when it comes to anger, and we want to talk about that today. I think it's one of the most important things we can talk about, given our surroundings, our marriages, our child-rearing, and our culture. How do we exhibit the right type of frustration and anger in our lives? And Gary Chapman is here today to help us uh, figure this out a little bit better. Uh, He's an author, a speaker, a counselor. He has a passion for people to understand God and to live up to their God-given potential. And Uh, Today we'll be talking about one of his books called Anger, Taming a Powerful Emotion. Hey, Gary, it is so good to have you back. Well, thank you, Jim. John, good to be with you guys I always, again. it makes me smile. I just love the wisdom that you bring, your life experience. Uh, just the way you do it is uh, you know, very, very easy going down. So <laughs> I love it. Um, let's talk about anger. What is anger? And is it rooted in Scripture? Is it rooted in God's character? You know, Jim, I really believe that anger is rooted in the nature of God. You know, the Bible says of God, God is love. God is holy, never says God is anger, that would not be true, but it does say God is angry every day with the wicked. And I think the reason God is angry with the wicked is because God loves us, and therefore he gave us principles to live by in the scriptures, and when we violate those principles, God is angry because it hurts us, it hurts everybody around us. And so God experiences anger when we violate his principles. Well, and when you say it in that context, the wicked are all of us sinners, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's not yes. them and us. It's all of us. <laughs> yes. And I think we get angry because we are made in the image of God. And thus, we have a concern for right. And when our sense of right is violated, we feel angry. And that's true whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian. Everyone experiences anger because deep inside all of us, there is this sense of right and wrong. Now, granted, the standard of right is often colored by the culture in which a person grows up. But we all have this sense of right and wrong. And when our sense of right is violated, someone does something we think is wrong, whether it's to us or towards someone else, we experience anger. Let me ask the uh, perhaps the million-dollar question. How have you experienced anger? Well, Jim, I, I never really remember getting very angry until I got married. <laughs> okay, all the guys just like us started laughing. Now, women are laughing too because that applies to them. But uh... and, I, and I never remember getting super, super angry until I had a teenage son. 
Oh, really? And he that and pushed I, your butt. He and I got into it. Yeah. Okay. And, and why? That's really that's really what forced me to dig into this issue of anger because I realized I did not handle my anger very well. Well, and there's so many things. Let's kind of unpack all of that because at at one level. Is it healthy to not be angry? Is it a good thing? I mean, people, when we talk about having a disagreement in marriage or being upset with each other, some people will write or send an email here to focus saying, if you're a believer, you shouldn't have anger in your marriage. I don't know that that's really healthy. I mean, anger does serve a purpose about resolving conflict, resolving unmet needs, those kinds of things. But talk about the two ends of that continuum in the Christian context. The one end, maybe you get angry too much and you don't have control of it. The other end, you never get angry and there may be something wrong with that. Well, I think many Christians deny their anger because they've been taught that anger is a sin. They'll be sitting in my office, and I will say, it seems to me like you're angry about this. And they will say, oh, no, I'm not angry. No, I'm just disappointed. I'm just hurt. So we use a different word. They don't want to say anger because they think anger is sin. The reality is, if you don't experience anger, you're not human. Every human experiences anger. Now, some people have learned not to express it. They've learned to hold it inside, and that's not healthy. And obviously, some people explode, and that's not healthy. But I do think for a Christian, and in a marriage, for example, as you were talking about, I think we all have anger toward our spouse when we're irritated with them or when they do something we think is wrong. Uh, But later on, we'll talk about, I'm sure, the two kinds of anger, you know, that people experience. And a lot of our anger in the family, especially, is because we're simply irritated. They didn't do wrong. They just didn't do it our way. So I think, uh, first of all, as Christians, we have to acknowledge that anger is not sinful. The emotion of anger is not sinful. It's how we handle anger. And that's why the Bible says in Ephesians 4, being angry, sin not. That, That is, when you're angry, don't sin. Where's that line? Uh, when does a person sin in their anger? I think when we violate God's principle, which says, be ye kind one to another. <laughs> so can you be kind and angry at someone? I think you can. How and does I, that play I out? I think that's the goal. I think it's to learn how to be kind and angry. You know, Jim, um, I mentioned my teenage son. I remember the time he and I got into it. And I was giving it to him, and he was giving it to me. I mean, really loudly, you know, and, and saying harsh things. And in the middle of our discussion... He walked out of the house, out of the room, out of the house, slammed the door, and walked outside. And when he did, I woke up, and I started crying. And I said, oh, God, I thought I was further along than this. I sat out on the couch, and I was crying. I was weeping. That's a better word. And my wife came in and tried to console me. She said, Gary, that wasn't your fault. He started that. He should not be talking to you that way. He ought to learn to respect you. But she finally left because it's hard to console a sinner. <laughs> and I knew I'd sinned. How so had I, you sinned? Because I was yelling and screaming at my son. That so you're is, responding yeah, in kind. Yeah, yeah. I was unkind to him and harsh to him. And so I, I got on my knees and I just said, oh, God, forgive me. I thought I was further along than this. And I just poured my hair out to God and I accepted God's forgiveness. And I just sat there. And I don't know whether it was an hour or 30 minutes, but my son came back in the house eventually. And I said, Derek, could you come and sit down here a minute, son? He came in. I said, Derek, I I want you to know that what I did was wrong. I yelled at you. I screamed at you. I said nasty things to you. I do not mean those things I said to you. I love you very much. And I just poured my heart out to him. And I said, I want to ask you to forgive me. And he said, Dad, that was not your fault. I started that. 
And as I was walking up the road, I asked God to forgive me. And I want to ask you to forgive me. And we hugged each other and we cried. That was a key night in our lives. And after that experience, uh, I said to him, Derek, you know, why don't we try to learn together how to handle anger? I said, the next time you're angry at me, just come and say, Dad, I'm angry. Can we talk? And I'll sit down and we'll try to talk instead of yell. And I'll do the same thing with you. When I'm angry, I'll just say, Derek, I'm angry. Can we talk? And that was the beginning of our learning how to be kind and, and talk our way right. through anger rather than yelling our way. No, that's anger. good. Let me ask this. Um, I'm sure it wasn't perfect that there were times, or maybe it was, maybe that was the end of you having conflict that was unhealthy. But I would think some people want to set that as a goal, and then they may trip. Yeah. Um, did you manage it perfectly, or did you have times where you kind of got out of sync with each other? Yeah. No, th- no, there were times that we, we, we lost it. But pretty much from that point on, we, began, we were on a learning curve. We were moving up. It may be two steps forward, right. one back, but we were moving up the ladder and learning how to do that. And you didn't lose hope in that process, right. either yeah. one of you. Absolutely. And that both of us so respected good. each other. Yeah. yeah. That, that's the key, is respecting each other. Yeah. I mean, that is so good, Gary. And I appreciate that um, transparency, because so many people think someone like you uh, you have it all together, and it's perfect. But we're human. We're all yeah. human, and we feel these emotions. Let me ask you this. Uh, some professionals, uh, they will suggest that you create a trigger mechanism, something that pulls you back from the brink of disaster. <laughs> uh, it can be counting or some other thing. Yeah. What is your opinion of that? Is it a waste of time, or are those good tools? I think it's biblical. The Scripture says that a wise man will restrain his anger. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, you mentioned counting. My mother taught me when I was growing up. She said, son, when you're angry, count to 10 before you do anything. (laughs) Well, I think mom was on the right track. But I would say count to 100 or (laughs) 1,000. 10's not long enough, you know. And it's just a way of stopping your immediate response long enough for you to think about, you know, what's happening here. Uh, One lady told me that she watered her flowers. She said, if I get angry with a family member, I just run and water my flowers. She said, the first summer I did that, I almost drowned my petunias. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. Wow. But I think a mechanism like that is very, very important. Now, I meet people who say to me, Gary, I can't do that. When I get angry, it just flows out of me. I can't stop it. Right. And I say, you can, and you sometimes do. And I ask mothers this question. Have you ever had this experience? You get angry with your children, and you're giving it to them. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da
also says, don't let the sun go down on your anger, which means that we're supposed to process anger as quickly as we can. It's never to be held inside. Anger was meant to be a visitor, not a resident. Huh. And so we have to process anger. Otherwise, if we hold it inside, and many Christians do this and think this is spiritual, you know, I'm going to hold it inside. I'm not going to say anything. Hold it inside. You hold it inside, and you do it again and again and again, and it's like an anger tank inside of you that just gets filled with anger. And eventually it's filled with rage. And at some juncture, you're going to explode, or you're going to move into depression. So holding anger inside is not the answer. Now, temporarily, yes, you know, hold it inside for a moment while you calm down and, and think count about to 100. It. Count to 100 <laughs> and ask what's the next thing I should do. But don't hold it inside as a way of life. That is not a good response to anger. Uh, so often, and we're talking in the context really of marriage and parenting, and I'm sure friendships apply, but the people that are closest to us tend to get the brunt of this. Um, it, it may simply be because we spend more time with them and we are irritated by some of the things that they do. <laughs> Um, in that context, thinking of marriage, talk to the couple that they've not really found good mechanisms. Maybe they've never talked about it. What can they do tonight when they sit at dinner and they've got unresolved conflict that's been going on for a long time? They haven't been uh, resolving it by the time the sun has gone down. Yeah. And maybe let's uh, pick on the men for a while because we've done it the other way, but a wife that's been emotionally hurt. And her husband's not been very kind, maybe brutal verbally um, about what she does or doesn't do. What can she do when when she's getting that kind of verbal abuse to turn a corner tonight? Well, you know, Jim, I think the first step for many couples is to acknowledge that we haven't handled anger very well. That's a starting point. Because couples have gone on for years not handling anger well and yelling and screaming at each other, and having unresolved conflicts. And somebody needs to say, I I would hope it would be the husband who would say, you know, honey, I've been thinking a lot about us and about the way we've handled anger and the way we haven't resolved issues. And I know I've hurt you a lot, and I know I've said that. And just, you know, apologize. Begin apologizing to her for the past. Uh, Rather than trying to build on all that anger that's inside, let's apologize for our failures in the past and say, let's try to learn. Can we learn? Can we read a book? Can we go to a conference? Can we see a counselor? Can we do something? Let's begin to learn how to handle anger in a positive way. And I think if a husband takes that approach, there's a good chance that wife is going to be open to that. And Mm -hmm. she may even apologize herself for her part, because none of us are perfect in this. And I, I think that's the place to start, is clearing the rubble from the past. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Imagine reaching into your pocket right now and finding an extra 20 bucks, or checking your wallet and finding a nice 50 tucked inside. If you like the sound of this, join the thousands of people who are finding extra money every month through D.L. Deeks Insurance. Stop paying ridiculous rates for car insurance. Contact D.L. Deeks today and tell them you want to save your money. DeeksInsurance.ca. That's Deeks, D-E-E-K-S, insurance.ca. 
Hi, this is Jim Daly. Is your family feeling tired, restless, even stressed out? Well, you're not alone. These are tough times, and that's why we at Focus on the Family have created something new and helpful for you and your loved ones. It's called Focus at Home, a free on-demand streaming service featuring the faith-filled content from Focus on the Family that you know and trust. With Focus at Home, it's like you're getting access to our content vault. Explore old favorites like Adventures in Odyssey or Radio Theater. Discover new interactive children's stories. And we'll have a few surprises for you along the way. There's something fun for every member of the family. And we'll keep adding fresh titles so you can check in every day. Best of all, it's 100% biblically based. Sign up now and get total access to our best content for families during this challenging season. Visit FocusOnTheFamily.ca. FocusOnTheFamily.ca Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming. Uh, Gary, let me pick up on something uh, where we left off when we, um, in our marriages, um, when that source of anger is there, Talk about the power of forgiveness um, and and the importance of forgiveness and maybe why couples get stuck. Uh, why is it so difficult for us to say, I need to apologize? That can get stuck in our throat. And I'm, yeah. I'm guilty of that with Gene. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are times when I just don't do it and I should do it. Yeah. I'm feeling a bit of conviction. <laughs> and, and, you know, how, why humanly, why do we not do that? I mean, I guess that could sound cheap after a while, but why don't we – quickly say, Matt, yeah, I'm so sorry I said it that way. But we don't. No. I think because we're all self-centered and we all like to think that we're right, whatever the issue, we're right. You're the one that's wrong. You know, you should shape up on this. You have to speak so honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that there are no healthy marriages without apologies and Mm. forgiveness because none of us are perfect. And if we don't deal with our failures, then they sit there as emotional barriers between the two of us. That's why I really, really encourage couples, you know, if things aren't going well, just take a little time and back up and say, let's deal with the past. Let, let's agree. Let's, let's confess our failures. Let's forgive each other so we can have a fresh start. How do we get there, though, Gary? I mean, I'm just thinking about the other <laughs> night. Dean and I, were we had a little bit of a conflict, and there was some anger, and I think we both felt like we were right. And yeah. so there was this icy chill, and it was sort of like, well, good night. Yeah. And it, it didn't, it wasn't the right way to end the night. And yeah. we both, I, I don't know that we were both being self-righteous, but we, yeah. how, when, when the emotion is so heavy, how do you cut through that yeah. and get to a point of peace? Well, I think if it's late at night, there is a time to say, you know, honey, obviously we're not going to resolve this tonight. So why don't we just agree to disagree? And we'll talk about it again tomorrow. And we've done that. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, now we can sleep, you know, because we've at least agreed that we haven't solved it, but we're going to solve it tomorrow. We're going to work on it again tomorrow. Uh, I, rather than fighting all night and then everybody gets up in the morning and you're not able to go to work, you know, better to say, let's just agree we disagree. We'll have to work on this some more. But I love you. Always end with I love you. Yes. And that, yeah. <laughs> See, what you have to say really does go down well. Um, let me ask you this. Does forgiveness always lead to restoration? I don't think so. I think most of the time it does, but there are occasions when it does not lead to restoration. For example, here's a man who left his wife 20 years ago, went off with another woman, moved out of state 20 years later. He becomes a Christian. He's now trying to work through his life. 
he wants to go back and, and confess to his wife and tell her his failures. And he can go back and do that. And, and she can genuinely forgive him. But it doesn't restore the relationship. And it doesn't restore the relationship with his children if he had children. Uh, he's lost 20 years with those children. It's not going to necessarily restore that relationship. But I think in a family relationship, most of the time it does restore the relationship. And it makes it healthier, which is important. Yes. So that's good. Uh, Gary, you also talk in your book, Anger, uh, you talk about the six steps for dealing with anger. Uh, touch on those six, and then let me drill into a couple of them. Well, I think the first step, Jim, is to acknowledge that we are angry. I mean, if we if we don't acknowledge that we're angry, and this is why I was making the point earlier that Christians need to recognize it's not a sin to feel angry. And so when I'm angry, I need to say I'm feeling angry. Let me ask you, though, are we perhaps, and I don't want to be too general here, stereotypical, but it seems to me, and I'm guilty, uh, that's why I'm saying this, in the Christian community, we can be the most stubborn in this regard, can't we? Yeah, we can. And I think that's why it's important for a couple to talk about anger. And the second thing I suggest, for example, is that you say to each other, why don't we, in the future, when we're angry, rather than sulking, you know, and I'm asking what's wrong and you say nothing, why don't we just agree that the next time we're angry about something, we will come to each other and say, honey, I'm feeling a little angry. Could we talk? And if it's not a good time to talk, you set a time to talk. You see, if a couple agrees to this approach before you get angry, you know, we've already agreed this is what we want. We want to tell each other when we're angry so we can work through things. This is healthy. And and if we've got that agreement, then we're more likely to do it. Okay, so acknowledge the reality of anger. What's the second one? It's acknowledge to each other that we are angry. This is what I'm exactly what and I'm it's talking okay. about right now. That it's okay to acknowledge that we're angry. In fact, Jim, you know, in the back of the book, I suggest that people... Take a three-by-five card and write this message on it. It says, I'm feeling angry right now, but don't worry. I'm not going to attack you, but I do need your help. Is this a good time to talk? Uh And you put that three-by-five card in the refrigerator, and when either of you feels angry, you get the card, and you stand in front of your mate, and you say, honey, I'm feeling angry right now, but don't worry. I'm not going to attack you, but I do need your help. Is this a good time to talk? It brings humor into the situation. Imagine that. Right. And you teach your teenagers to do that. They go get the card and stand in front of you and do that as well. No, I, I'm just sitting here thinking how many times I could have used that. <laughs> or Gene could have used that. <laughs> you, kind of, you stunned me with that one. But it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, but I'm zeroing in on the attack part. I mean, if for me, and I don't know that I represent most men, I'm not worried about being attacked. I'll hold my own. But really for wives particularly, I think that's important because they can feel attacked so easily verbally, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why the third thing I suggest is that the two of you acknowledge to each other and agree that yelling and screaming at each other is not appropriate. This is not going to be the appropriate way for us to handle anger. Maybe our parents did it. Maybe we grew up doing this. But as adults, we're going to make a decision. We're going to agree this is not right. And when we do lash out, we're going to acknowledge it, we're going to apologize for it. Again, if a couple works through these things and begins to take these steps, when they're not angry, they're more likely to handle it in a positive way when they are angry. Well, it's true. And even, I think, hearing your examples of how to address it, you're saying it in such a calm demeanor. I'm sitting here going, okay, when you're, you're in that pitch of anger, it's hard to say, honey, I need to talk to you because I mean, it usually doesn't come out that yeah. way. It's more like, what? Yeah, right. <laughs> so you really do have to bite your tongue because that sets the whole thing aflame. Mm. 
Uh, how many husbands, uh, and I, I say husbands because I, maybe I'm living this a little bit, how many times do you see husbands, Gary, who are holding it in, and you talked about this a little bit, but holding it in and holding it in, and and then it comes out yeah. in kind of rage. Is well, it, that is goes that both ways, though. Well, yeah. it does. It could be husband or wife. Okay. When we hold it in long enough, we're either going to cave in, and we lead to depression, as I said, or we're going to explode. And it can be a super explosion. Um, so that's why, again, I say to couples, it's not healthy to hold your anger inside. Anger is supposed to be processed. That's God's plan. You process the anger. And uh, a part of that is, uh, as I said, verbally sharing it with each other. But, you know, one of the key issues, and this is another one of the six steps that I give, and one of the key issues is we've got to focus on listening. You know, it's better to say, honey, I'm feeling angry right now. Could we listen to each other? Yeah. Rather than could we talk to each other? (laughs) I think the listening nerve is wrapped around your eardrum. Yeah. (laughs) And so when you're feeling angry, it like tightens that eardrum to where you can't hear your your partner talk. But, you know, here's the key issue. (laughs) If you listen to your spouse when they're angry at you and you put on elephant ears and you say, okay, honey, I'm listening, you have the floor. You let them tell you why they're angry. You ask questions to clarify. You know, is this what you're saying? Is this why you're angry? Let them get it out. You try to put yourself in their shoes, look at the world through their eyes and their personality, and you can honestly say eventually, you know, honey, I think I understand what you're saying, and I can see why you'd be angry. And if I were in your shoes, I'd probably feel angry too. That truly is a godly character right there. That is godly character. That's empathy. Yeah, because now you're no longer an enemy. You're a friend now. You've heard yeah. them out. You you understand why they would be angry, and you're admitting that if you were in their place, and you would if you had their personality and you interpreted the situation the way they did, you'd feel angry too. And when you say, I would probably be angry too, how can we solve it? Now, because you've heard them out, if you have a different perspective, then you can say, now, honey, can I share my perspective? And you do the same thing, and they become the listener. We're not trained to listen. No, we're not. You know, most of us, we hear 60 seconds of the talk, and then we tell them where they're wrong. Well, we're going to press pause right there on this conversation with Dr. Gary Chapman and pick it back up tomorrow with the rest of the discussion about his book, Anger, Taming a Powerful Emotion. Yeah, John, I love that advice Dr. Chapman shared near the end there about the importance of really listening to your spouse. Uh, That way, instead of a defensive enemy, uh, you can be an empathetic friend. And we can apply that to all of our relationships, especially right now when uncertainties and financial troubles are causing a lot more tension in our homes and families. Uh, Because of that extra tension, I want to extend a special thank you to those who are helping Focus provide uh, comforting resources for families during this time. Uh, recently, one healthcare worker called us. As to be expected, she told us that she's under a great deal of stress and anxiety because of what she is facing at work. And she said that every morning she turns on the Focus broadcast uh, simply because it brings her so much comfort. I love that. And uh, I love that we were able to connect her with one of our counselors. And they helped her get some ideas for managing the stress and uh, connected her to a counselor in her own area. Man, that's so good. And we're only able to provide this broadcast and those counseling services because of our team of financial supporters. So please uh, consider joining our team of supporters today and help be an uplifting voice in these uncertain times, pointing people to the ultimate source of comfort, Jesus Christ. 
And just a reminder that one way to support the ministry here at Focus Canada is by getting a book uh, from us directly, like Dr. Gary Chapman's book that we talked about today, Anger, Taming a Powerful Emotion. Call us for your copy, 800-A-FAMILY, or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team, thanks for joining us today for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller, inviting you back as we hear more from Dr. Gary Chapman next time. And once more, help you and your family thrive in Christ.